Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 691. Science Faction, how we got our brains, and the death clock. How we got our brains. Is this like the montage of how uh, whatever progenitor species that this brain started with um, just realized, you know, hey, I I know the real way to win this whole battle of the fittest things, and that's to hit the books. And there's some sort of montage of them, you know, cramming Mm. the last minute for a professor who's very unforgiving. Um, And then they end up blowing up the study hall, and that's how they win the battle of the fittest. No, it's actually just a rapper getting head in the 08 or so realm of time. Yeah, like that that that's what they called it brain back then. That's <laughs> oh, that's just what I it see. was. Uh, that was a uh, I, I will remember that because of that and a housing crash. That was also the year I got out of the military. I got out of the military and the yeah. housing crash. And I'm not going to say it was your fault, but like <laughs> I did stop into Wall Street and make some very like loud proclamations as if I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Yes, and I believe Fergie described you specifically as 2000 and late. Fuck you. I don't know. Not, not about saying this. How dare you? Uh, and if you don't want to be 2000 and late, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy on Patreon, which means, of course, I am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. And with me, as always, is my comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Uh, I, we just had the uh, first episode for uh, off our, uh, the other podcast that uh, uh, mm. I do that you're not allowed to do. Um, is mm-hmm. awful neutral. It's, okay. it's our, our, all right. Uh, you know what? You're you're not allowed to join the Victoria's Secret modeling catalog. The thing about you is that, like, I would take that as like, no. Listen, I may not have wanted to do this, but nobody tells me where it can't be. This isn't about what. I, it's just not even in the category of possibility. Like that's just... what. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm gonna pause what I'm saying. Let's address what you've just said. Not a possibility. Are you saying that none, not one of the pictures I've DM'd you or your family of me and a teddy has stirred one scintilla of emotion within you? Uh, Um, no. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, (laughs) our, uh, podcast, we just started our, uh, live stream. We're, uh, streaming, uh, from former science faction, uh, home, uh, the Madhouse Comedy Club, uh, in their brick room. Nice. We just had our first episode. It was a lot of fun. But I was just telling Bobby that we actually, I modeled a character after a real life PE coach from our high school. And mm-hmm. if anything, yeah. like like I had to assure the cast that I, if anything, I am not doing this man justice. I am underplaying him. And yeah. uh, he was kind of a relic of uh, like, like you, you, like he called, like I'm going to do an impersonation for the, for the fans so they can get, this is him breaking down a student who didn't turn to, uh, turn in homework. To be fair, somewhat, mm-hmm. he had a habit of not turning in homework. <laughs> oh, Jeff Fernandez, they might as well put an orange vest on you and have you washing cars right now because you have no future. You're a rock. You do produce nothing. You're worth nothing. You choose to be a rock. Look at her. And you'd like point to the girl who turns in her homework. She's a diamond. She produces. She will be worth something someday. 
And by the way, Jeff, uh, <laughs> Mr. Hernandez, to his credit this whole time, is doing what I'm d- trying to do, but like the spotlight's on him. Uh, and he's doing it fairly well, which is like trying not to laugh as this like ball of man who's a ball of rage, like a comical, like almost like he's a Sam Kinison character or something. And he's like on. <laughs> oh man yeah he was actually a great teacher yeah you know well, for, he, he for, really for, inspired people yeah, well he was he was if you were the type like in the he taught ap as well and i could see him yes, like he, he taught me he's very passionate about history <laughs> and if you're not on his level of passion it's it's <laughs> he, he gets offended <laughs> oh dear yeah oh and speaking of uh stuff we're doing on the side sorry about our time off we've had a mixture of crazy storms and uh family events and whatnot so we've only put out uh you know two main show episodes two patreons in the last month but uh we'll get back on that wagon keep going and if you miss us and you're like man i wish i could get more of that science faction go ahead and migrate over to our patreon you get a little bit extra of us you can go back to our back catalog there's near 200 episodes for you to go through and uh and check out i don't know if you guys know this but san diego's been going through some historic storms we've mentioned it and it's uh, they've, mm-hmm. they've continued and um, uh, I got a vision of this. This actually came to me in a vision as I was summoning spirits. And I've started building an mm. ark. And I've offered Bobby and his family uh, several invitation. Hey, come and the ark. Uh, like, like it's not you laugh now, but these rains will continue. Yes, I do. Uh, and I, don't be alarmed. I've brought two men of every ethnicity uh, on the mm. ark with me. So we'll be plenty to repopulate. Plenty of real cool company. <laughs> repopulate. <laughs> I thought this was like a pleasure cruise. My God's way cooler. Also, your ark is just one of those duck-shaped inflatable inflatable rafts meant for pools that can hold like two toddlers. Well, that's why we've tied a bunch of them together with very large rubber. But you know what? We, we, we have an engineer. We don't need another engineer. Okay. <laughs> I doubt you have an engineer. All right, let's move right on <laughs> to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. Article number one, how viruses gave us our brains. It was part of a uh, cat and mouse, a game of evolution. They got deadlier and we had to get smarter to eventually develop Mm. anti-retrovirals. I like that. It's like predator and prey. And we just had to keep building. It was a lot of, it was millions of years of building brains without really impacting the ability to not catch a virus. In fact, if anything, we got more social and lived in towns and cities where viruses could get better. We had to but then, lull them into a false security. Yeah, then come the 1980s and we start getting antiviral medication. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's true. We're not doing that much, if we're being honest. The cold still laughs in our face, but we're coming for you. Yeah. The boys at R&D uh, are hard at Hard at work. So this is a really interesting article about how a viral infection a very long time ago gave us our brains. So we've talked a little bit before about retroviruses, which are just basically uh, bits of RNA that make DNA copies of themselves and embed those copies within a host DNA that if they, you know, attach to the right germ cells at the right time can become part of a lineage. So it's not just in in an individual's DNA, it becomes part of the species DNA if it gets, you know, passed around widely enough. And these can do tremendous things, including, as we've talked about on this show before, there's evidence that this is where all mammals got their placentas because we got one of these retroviruses, they got it right in the right germline cell of a 
of some kind of, you know, pre-mammal or maybe even mammal because monotremes don't have this, obviously. And it got in there and it basically made a, a alteration that caused us to produce a placenta and all placental mammals, humans included, owe their existence to these retroviruses infecting some ancient ancestor. So we no longer needed to have the egg that monotremes relied upon. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my question is, is um, what, like, was there just much gooier and messier babies, um, bloodier before that this this uh, gene was hopped in? I, I know it's the whole... Uh, um... No, we, I mean, we, we, we laid eggs or, you know, had pouches or that kind of thing, but we wouldn't have had the same placenta that would allow us to do what we what we do now. Uh, I mean, you've, babies are pretty gooey when they come out. If that's what you're asking, <laughs> oh, I was I, I was thinking about having one. I talked with you about this. I'm kind of not so sure now. Gooey, I kind of. Will yeah. somebody hose them off for me? I'll bring a pressure washer into the into the waiting room. So I'm already way ahead of you. I thought of that too. I actually bought a pressure washer and I have one. Of, I have an 18 volt Ryobi series car buffer, <laughs> and I brought that in too. I figured like give them a wax once we get them yeah. all cleaned up, right? Uh, turns out they don't allow either of those. Just so they could upsell you when they do it behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> their baby buffer. <laughs> they did let me cut the umbilical cord though, and uh, since I already had the 18 volt battery with me, I did use my angle grinder. Oh, I was I, I kind of pictured you to like to have smuggled in like a like a like a crocodile did Dundee needlessly big Bowie knife and like slash it. <laughs> I'm not wasting my time moving my arm back and forth when an angle grinder will do that for me. <laughs> the blade broke. It ended up causing an injury somewhere else in the emergency room. <laughs> So this new article suggests that that same process, retroviruses getting into the germlines and causing alterations to uh, the descendants and then eventually the entire species, is the same process that actually helped give us our brains by helping create the modern form of myelin or myelin sheath. Now, we've talked a little bit about myelin sheaths before. They're kind of what go bad in cases of like, like MS. And they are basically the insulation on the wires that is our nerves and our neurons. So, like, you know, if you think of a signal having to pass from one end of a nerve to another, keep in mind, some of your nerves go, you know, from the top of your brain down your spinal cord. So you have some pretty long ones. And if they didn't have that insulation, essentially the signal would get degraded. That is what happens in MS cases. And so that signal being kept in by that insulator allows us to grow bigger, to do complex things, to have bigger nerves, to have huge brains that do all this like fancy calculation. We wouldn't be able to do any of that without the myelin sheath. And while it didn't quite make the myelin sheath, it, it affects the cells that help wrap around the myelin sheath in a way that makes it effective. And so without this retrovirus jumping in, you know, hundreds of millions of years ago and doing this to what what we're going to talk about is actually a series of different groups of animals at the time. Without it doing that, we would not be able to have huge brains. We would not be able to have big bodies. We would not be able to do a lot of the things that we take for granted. So we owe our intelligence, our life, our species to the existence of these retroviruses going and doing it. By the way, just the second time we've discovered we owe that because we also owe it to them just for the placentas. Well, we've we've talked before about how we have so much junk in our trunk, uh, DNA wise. Um, yes, sure. And how I mean, I kind of looked at that like you know, like if you're collecting Pokemon uh, now, you you have a son now who collects Pokemon, so you, mm-hmm. which means you know sure. at least peripherally of Pokemon. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, every once in a while you're gonna you're gonna get really good genes, but you know you're you're gonna collect a library of worthless Pokemon. 
um, that yes. you would that just gets stored, uh, you know, in your uh, until until the time that you need to access and work up level up a Bulbasaur or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm well familiar with that's Pokemon theory of DNA. Well, that's a good question, Damien. As as time progresses, we already found out about the placenta. Now we know about the myelin sheath. What what future qualities of humans do you think we will discover actually were imparted to us by retroviruses? I'm going to say double Dutch ability. Like that's my <laughs> one of my guesses is the ability to do a double Dutch because there's no way that's a natural thing. Watch somebody who's really good at double Dutch jump roping. There's no quality in that in nature for that to well, be effective. You, you, and yet, you look at coordination as you, like you, as the most awkward man alive. You look at a coordination sure. and people on the upper end of coordination uh, as people mm-hmm. who have superpowers. They're practically X Men mm. to you. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I would say double Dutch. That's definitely a retrovirus addition. Even the two ropes swinging together kind of look like DNA. So I mean, it makes sense. I keep hoping that we go back to the ability to regrow limbs and regrow nerves. Like, because clearly, Ooh. like, lesser evolved, or not lesser evolved, but, like, creatures further down, uh, like, that evolved, sure. that have a longer lineage. Salamanders yeah. and shit like that. I keep yeah. hoping that awakens in us. Like, the like Doc Connors and the fucking lizard. I keep, mm-hmm. I keep hoping, you know, that way, that way I can... I'm going to be honest with you. I've always wanted to juggle chainsaws, but I'm going to be honest. I'm also sure. a little bit of a coward, and I'm not willing to do all the legwork of learning to juggle non-chainsaws. I kind of just want to jump mm-hmm. right on in both feet. And mm. not being able to regrow limbs is kind of a deal breaker. And uh, it's kind of going to mm. be this uh, this this uh, bucket list checkbox that goes unchecked unless science, the boys in the R&D lab, step it up. So this is interesting, too, because not only did this happen in our lineage, but it actually happened in multiple lineages. And you would think that would mean. So it's this actually ha- happened to basically everything except like the jawless fish and stuff. So it happened to fi- the jawed fish and amphibians and, and mammals. And they all have this this uh, this gene called retromyelin. But other jawless fish, lampreys, eels, that kind of stuff, they don't, as well as other invertebrates. And so the idea, usually in genetic research, we would say, okay, well, then that probably happened to the ancestor of all these jawed fish and mammals and stuff, but but after they separated. But then when we looked at it, it actually seems that all these different group, amphibians, mammals, jawed fish and stuff, they all have different versions of it. And so it looks like these were actually all different infections by the same virus of different groups at, you know, a similar time or whatever that caused it, which is shockingly more interesting than the thing. And then you go like, well, wait, why didn't it happen to the jawless fish then? Why didn't it happen to lampreys? And it could be that the virus just couldn't affect them. Like they, that, that virus, particular virus was not designed to infect those type of creatures or whatever, or they weren't in a situation or a environment where they could be infected. Who knows? But super, super interesting when you think about it. Who knows? Maybe it even did infect them and they, they did have that quality in their body for a little while and then through natural selection for whatever it wasn't selected for in that particular creature. Super, super interesting uh, because it's an example not only of a retrovirus giving a very important quality to a whole host of different creatures, but doing it kind of independently uh, of one another, which is just god-awful interesting. Yeah, all things evolve towards the crab. So when anything takes a step forward, a lot of the steps forward will look very similar. We are so far away from the crab, the ideal, the godlike ideal of the crab god we all pray to, who tells us to make arcs with rubber fucking bands. Keep getting mad at this stupid crab thing. Listen, 
Marine crustaceans tend to go to what a form we call a crab. It is only marine crustaceans. It is no other animal. It is just one very narrow group of animals that already have a similar body type evolving again. Yes, fine. Fair enough. Through convergent evolution, a similar body type to one another. They're starting from pretty much the same place, though. Typical anti-crabite, anti-crustite <laughs> talking points. Like like if you went to an anti-crustite meeting, those are the exact top mm-hmm. talking points you will hear. Enjoy uh... your crystal knot. <laughs> By the way, that RNA, retromyelin, it doesn't actually make a protein itself. This is also kind of interesting because this is the first time we've we've noted this in terms of this type of this type of change, which is the RNA latches onto a existing protein and then they work together to turn on production of myelin. Uh, of the myelin basic protein. So it's also kind of a convoluted way to get around it. Very, very interesting. I I have been thinking more and more that if you wanted to influence other cultures, like on other planets and stuff, the way you would do it is you don't, you know, you can't communicate with them directly and it'd take a long time for them to evolve and stuff. You wouldn't go do the stupid Prometheus thing and and just, you know, create a new species or whatever. What you would do is send some, some retroviruses that could encode itself into the DNA of new species and change them, like tweak them just a little bit. And this is extra interesting. Because Couldn't that be tweak- considered warfare? Like, couldn't this be considered an attack by their by their species? On another, like from another planet? I guess so. I, I Yeah, I mean, you would have to try and make sure that it would benefit them. And then obviously if you're doing it to like jawed fish and stuff from another planet, they're not really going to be able to tell that warfare is going on. Well, then <laughs> that sounds like freedom is coming their way. <laughs> Very, very interesting. Just another one of those things, uh, which also, by the way, is another example of uh, in its own form of horizontal gene transfer where, you know, anytime somebody says, you know, I hate the idea of genetically modified things because, you know, who knows the consequences. It's like, bitch, those consequences happen all the time. It's why you have a placenta and now apparently also a brain and nerves. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe don't hate on it as much. Like we force placentas on a foreign species, like on a on a on a Xeno species. (laughs) In some cultures, forcing placentas on you is considered an honor. <laughs> you gonna eat that, bro? They were an egg-laying species, and we've brought them one step closer to crab. No, oh, farther away from crab, their ideal god. We've brought them. <laughs> That's true. We bring them further from God. Uh, dear article number two: possible death clock discovered. It's fucking metal, bro. Is it? Is this like? I, I'm gonna guess it's in Norway. And it's not related to any mm. metal, although it is metal because it's in Norway mm-hmm. and it's a death clock. But uh, like a mysterious like uh, like rune clock covered in runes or something guarded by a raven. <laughs> so this is an interesting article that suggests we might be able to tell the time of death of a body of a human body by analyzing the microbes within that body. So... Right now, we have a uh, we tell times of death doing a lot of different things. Sometimes it's entomology, like looking at uh, bugs and what bugs are growing. Like you know, this bot fly only gets here at this stage, or blah 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 blah. Those aren't always exact, and they're very very seasonally dependent and very climate dependent because different bugs live in different climates, and so that's not as like a universal, not a very universal thing. So you can only use cicadas as a measurement every 17 years. You can't do it every... <laughs> that's right, yes. 
That's why I only kill in the interim of those 17 years. <laughs> if I hear a cicada, I'm leaving him alone because if a murder happens, I want somebody to come to justice. I do like the idea that somewhere there's like a medical examiner that's like, I'll tell you one thing. He either died in 2005 or 2022. <laughs> but I, I, I can't tell which. Because I'm very bad at my job. <laughs> based solely on cicada coming out. <laughs> so this is this is very very interesting. This happened with some research like literally just laying bodies out at body farms, but they did it in different like climates. I think it was like Texas and Colorado and Tennessee or something. They had like snow and they had cold and they had arid desert or whatever. And they looked at kind of the decay rate of those bodies. Now, there's a couple of caveats to this. These are just bodies laid on the ground. The second you bury a body, you're going to switch access to bugs. And that's important because while they're not analyzing like bugs, bugs, like insects, they're analyzing microbes. We know that these microbes aren't ones that normally live in human bodies. And so the implication is they're getting there via insects, bringing them from animals or from something else. So this would not apply to bodies that were covered in plastic, bodies that were, you know, drowned in water, That blah, 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 blah. This would only be literally bodies lying on a dirt surface that it would apply to. But with those caveats, it was pretty interesting so the researchers like laid these bodies out, different seasons, different times of year, different locations, and then they took samples on the surface of the skin of the dead bodies and the soil around the dead bodies for like three weeks uh, from the time that they laid the bodies down. And then they noted what microbes were in each of them by by you know like sequencing the dna and they found you know bacteria and fungi stuff that we know exists in dead bodies it's not like that's some kind of new piece of knowledge but they found when those particular microorganisms appeared what times from you know day 0 to day 21 and how much of them and then they could use some they use some machine learning to basically say okay take all of this data and give us a a timeline of when these bugs get to the body when they proliferate what is the percentage of this fungus versus this bacteria at this specific time yada 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 and in doing this they found a really really strong and predictable correlation to the body's microorganisms that were digesting them. That's really interesting because it brings us to a possibility where you could find a discarded body and simply based on those microorganisms tell when they died. Man, it's getting harder and harder for honest criminals to make a buck. You know, I mean, it like is, I used to be an internet like uh, like for hire hitman. And the FBI mm -hmm. just posting fake internet hitman things. I'm going to be honest. It's been affecting business. That should be illegal. Yeah. That should be illegal. They're lying. Let's just say I'm not even do, committing a crime. I just simply am doing like a comical Homer Simpson. I'm using a, a corpse to fake my death so I can get out of going to work and have a four-day weekend. All right? This is going to make it hard for just, you know, honest pranksmen to, to, to make a buck, to get out of work. Yeah, that should be considered fraud, in my opinion. Uh, what was interesting was that it was pretty consistent based on the different, like, e even with the different climates, the different seasons, the different locations, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's kind of interesting. I would have predicted that, oh, these people are closer to the cattle that these are the the insects are bringing these microbes over from, or this is too cold for this to grow. But, like, 
throughout these different, you know, the variables, they seem to be pretty consistent in what was going on with those bodies. And that is super interesting. It would be interesting if they can kind of narrow that down to a point where they're like, okay, we can tell when this happens to within, you know, an hour or two. I think right now they're within a couple of days window. And to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure how useful that is because you can kind of tell with a dead body for the most part. Uh, you know, if you know the temperature and where it is and stuff, you can kind of tell within those 21 days where it's at, but maybe this will get more precise, more exact, expand out to beyond those 21 days. I mean, there are some bodies in some conditions where when you get to 21 days, you're still looking at a, you know, mostly skeleton. Some places not, you know, like, fuck, we find stuff in the Andes where you, people still have skin 2000 years later. Uh, but there's also plenty of times when you come across, David, have you ever come across a dead body? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. I, I have uh, at work Very and I will say unpleasant aroma. Well, all the ones that I have found at work and I found more than one they were skeletonized and uh, the ones that I saw when, when they, I found them, I was like, Oh shit. It's like a, a skeleton. This must've been like a murder in the eighties or something. And then after the coroner had come and come back, they were like, Oh yeah, this person's been missing for like two and a half weeks. And I was like, two and a half weeks. Like that was, there was like nothing left of that fucking body. And it's like, depending on where you are, that can go pretty damn quick. Yeah, I would imagine, like, in the areas you study, coyotes and, like, like there is a ton of, of, of very hungry predators out there. <laughs> yeah. Who will pick yeah, it clean. I think it's microbes, too, and, like, insects and stuff that do, like, the, the majority of it. But it was just, like, maybe it was, like, three weeks or something. But it was it was some incredibly small time period. I was like, it was just bones. And they're like, yeah, yeah that happens. Yeah, this being in the sun, like, nonstop just cooking in the sun and, like, having microbes. Yeah, I could see it. So, anyway, I, I don't know exactly how much will be left at that time. But once you get to that point, you know, it's pretty hard to tell. And so, if, if at that point, by looking at the microbes, like, on the bones and stuff like that, they were able to narrow that down, that would be even more useful where you're like – because, again, once you get past a couple of months, you're basically finding bones in most, you know, 90-some-odd percent of situations. There's very little left. So, like, if you're just finding bones, if the microorganisms on those bones could tell you how old it was, that would be super useful. Between this technology and, like, that uh, little DNA vacuum that they have, like... Mm -hmm. And back, yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a ton of, uh, like, bad day to try to get away with murder. Bad time. Unless you're rich. If you're well, rich, go ahead, do murder to your heart's content. They're saying, I mean, they say that's why there's a decline in serial killers is because we keep is nowadays we're catching them on the first try. Whereas if you look in the 70s and 80s and like the golden era of serial killers, it was like, you could announce you're going to murder somebody murder that person and then move like three towns over and just use a different name and nobody would ever find you. And like now, and then if you did get caught, they're like, Hey, we got you on two counts of murder. It looked like you raped the corpse after you were done. Uh, and then, uh, you drove celebratory donuts in their car and ran over their dog while doing so you're going to at least 34 months in prison. And like, they would just let them out like right afterwards. And we're like, I don't understand why we have so many serial killers. And now we're like, all right, well, you clearly killed this person. You, you get like a life sentence and we're like, and, and also we have DNA and shit. We find them earlier. And so it's no longer nearly an issue. And plus, I think the FBI does a really good job with the internet now. I, you know how like teenage boys gravitate towards porn sites. 
you know? Sure. Like, like there are corners of the internet that, like, potential... F- I'm sure the internet makes it easier at this day and age to kind of, like, get... To get the big scoop, to get the good, the good scoop mm-hmm. of fish out of the water. <laughs> yeah, and I and we just know so much more about that mentality and everything. But but certainly a lot of it is just we've gotten so much better at catching people who do crimes like that, and we understand like, hey, you know that dude who like tortures cats for fun? That's not normal, and you kind of got to watch them because they might grow up to be a serial killer. Whereas before we were just like, yeah, I guess he doesn't like cats. Yeah, like uh, if you see a horrific crime. And, um, you know, you have to blame it on somebody in town. Maybe put that guy away. Maybe put the guy who kills cats away. Just put him in a place where no, he can't hurt anybody else. Meanwhile, the guy who's, like, torturing the cats, he's like, I was listening to Science Faction, and they said that these motherfuckers are the worst environmental disaster you can have, and also they cause schizophrenia, so I'm just doing my fucking part. I'm trying to save the kids. He wouldn't be wrong. The world would be a better place, I think. No, but you don't torture the cat. You just kill it humanely or, or I don't know, keep it inside. Oh, I thought you meant he was hunting us. Yeah, no, no. Fuck that. They, they don't get to hurt animals. You put them down All humanely. Right, thank, thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction 691, where you learned all about how viruses gave us our brains and how a possible death clock was discovered. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 692. Listen up, Damien Mercado. If you keep fucking around in class, there will be no future for you. We might as well put an orange vest on you and have you out podcasting right now. Because that's all you're good for. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right. <laughs>